Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Russ M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, May 12, 2023. Today we're reading from the big book we're in. We are in Into Action, and we're reading uh, page 80, the fifth paragraph, just that paragraph, starting with chances are, the chances are that we have domestic troubles, ending with, a courageous girl, uh, and courageous girl who has literally gone through help for him. Okay, today's readers are, for the 12 steps, we have Matthew G. For the 12 traditions, Lori S. Reading the text, starting us off at Cigarette Act. Page 164 is Anne Marie M. The backup reader is Tenzin P. Newcomer greeters, Leslie M. And second hour host is Anna A. Anna A. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, May 11, 2023, to 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 20,251. That's 20,251. The 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 20,252. That's 20,252. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Always not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, excuse me, each group has but one primary purpose. It's to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that, is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can re- recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I now ask Matthew G. to read the 12 steps. Hi there, this is Matthew G., compulsive overeater in Paris, currently in Southwest France. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. 
Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for allowing me to be of service. Thanks, Matthew. Next up is Nuriyas with the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Lori S. from Texas. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for the opportunity to be of service. Thanks, Sigrid. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Lori. Sorry, Lori. <laughs> All right. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. You're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in into action. We are on page eight, that fifth paragraph. Um, and it starts with the chances are we have domestic troubles and it ends with courageous girl who has literally gone through hell for him. So uh Sigrida is gonna start us off. Good morning, everybody. Sigrid F. in South Florida. You know, it's funny, this paragraph, I think I always breezed over in the past because I've never cheated on my husband, and to my knowledge, he's never cheated on me. But you know what? I'm wrong. 
there are lots of things in here that do apply. The chances are that we have domestic troubles. Perhaps we are mixed up with women in a fashion we wouldn't care to have advertised. We doubt if in this respect, alcoholics are fundamentally much worse than other people, but drinking does complicate sex relations in the home. After a few years with the alcoholic, a wife gets worn out, resentful, and uncommunicative. How could she be anything else? The husband begins to feel lonely, sorry for himself. He commences to look around in the nightclub, or their equivalent, for something besides liquor. Perhaps he is having a secret and exciting affair with the girl who understands. In fairness, we must say that she may understand, but what are we going to do about a thing like that? A man so involved often feels very remorseful at times, especially if he is married to a loyal and courageous girl who has literally gone through hell for him. So the very first sentence, the chances are that we have domestic troubles, Wow, that like hit me in the face for sure. You know, my my compulsive overeating has caused lots of turmoil in the home. And then if I look at we doubt if in this respect alcoholics are fundamentally much worse. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean that you know we cause people all people cause different kinds of problems within their homes. But the next sentence really brings it home. But drinking does complicate sex relations. And you know what? That's true, right? It's our own behavior. It's our own self and disease that's driving a wedge between you and your spouse. But of course, we ignore that, right? And then we fall into self-pity in the next part of the paragraph. The disease kicks in, you know? It's not my fault. And I'm so sorry for myself. And so um, I'm going to go look for something else whatever that something else might be, instead of working on the problems that you created to begin with. So this paragraph really is about being in the disease um, and, and not seeing your part. Recognizing that you may have an amazing partner who really is trying their hardest to be with you, to stay with you, and yet, you know, outside issues or, or um, what is it, fluffy, you know, fluffy statements, the, the warmer, softer way never works, right? The people caring and, and wanting you to get better doesn't work. It has to be from the inside out. It's an inside job. And with God's help and with our fellowship, we can make that happen. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Sigrid. So now we're going to up, up the lines for sharing. And although we got your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day. So if you shared on Wednesday or Thursday, please step back and allow others to have a chance to share. Um, I'll let you know if I can't hear you. And Harlan G. I'm fragile. Harlan. Harlan. Lulu L. Ken W. A. Risk I from Lulu Baltimore. L. Ken. Rifka R? Yep, I got you. Thanks. Who else wants to share on this? We've got Harlan, Lulu, Ken WH, Rifka R. Plenty of time. 
All right, let's just Joanne go with this group. Linda D. Okay, we'll go with Joanne. Gotcha, Linda. Linda D. All right, let's go with this list. Harlan, Lulu, Ken, Riska, Joanne, and Linda. You're up there, Harlan. All right, Russ, thank you very much for your service this morning. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. And i got to say, I've never cheated on anyone. When I fall, I fall hard, and I fall deep in love, and I don't really look at other girls at all when I'm in love with, with someone. Um, but I didn't buzz in today to talk about the paragraph, so forgive me for breaking the rules. Today is May 12th, and on May 12th, 1935, which was Mother's Day Sunday, Dr. Bob met Bill Wilson at the Cyberlane Gatehouse in Akron, Ohio. It was 5 p.m. on Mother's Day. Bob had extracted a promise from Ann, his wife, that they would give this guy from New York 15 minutes, this rum hound from New York, 15 minutes of their time, and then they would go home. They went up to the library, and at 11.05 came down. They were up there for six hours. Bob came down the stairs first and said to Ann and Henrietta, this is the first man that ever understood my drinking. Why is that funny? The reason that that's funny is because Bill Wilson never said one word about Bob's drinking. He talked to Bob for six hours about his drinking and tried to extract Bob to regale some of his stories as well. And the rest is history. Bob wasn't immediately recognized as the co-founder of anything. Ebby Thatcher had a greater claim to co-founder, but Ebby was drunk by August of 1935. Hank Parkhurst had a much more, much more legitimate uh, title uh, of co-founder, much more legitimate claim to the title co-founder, but he was drunk by September of 1939. Dr. Bob became the co-founder by default. But what happened in Akron, Ohio on that Mother's Day, May 12, 1935, this date, is that something sparked. Now, it wasn't really to take flight until Bob achieved sobriety June 10, 1935, really June 17th, but okay, we won't correct them. But this way of life that we enjoy so lavishly began in Akron, Ohio, with one drunk talking to another drunk so that the second drunk's feeling of differences and alienation were reduced to the point where he could relate and identify with the first drunk so that he would begin to take action after action after action after action that he did not yet believe in and we have our way of life. Thank God for this date in 1935. Sorry, Russ, I didn't talk about the paragraph. I know I violated the rules, but uh, forgive me on this one because I think it's important. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Harlan. Next up is Lulu L. followed by Ken W.H. Good morning. This is Lulu L. in Florida. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Okay, cool. 
So I found this paragraph to take me down a walk, you know, down the memory lane walk, which was not a happy place to be. Um, My former husband was not ever happy with my overweight state. And then when I lost weight due to one program or another, he wanted to know if my excess skin was going to be, you know, I don't know, magically removed. And when I said, no, that would take plastic surgery, he just was disgusted. He just shook his head and left the room. And although the problem with my weight did not have anything to do with the demise, or, well, probably did have a lot to do with the demise of my marriage, um, the marriage did eventually just self-destruct. But what I noticed in this paragraph and in my own life is whenever I entered a room, any room, anywhere, church or otherwise, I always looked for the largest people to sit next to because that's where I was comfortable. And then I felt I felt like I blended in. Um, and, I, and if I walked into a room, I would look around to see who was bigger than me. I'm safe if somebody's bigger than me. My friendships were definitely affected by my problems with my over-consuming of everything that you put in your mouth, everything. Because, you know, we would go and have dinner at people's houses or go out to lunch with people, and it was just, they were just astounded at how quickly and how fast and how much I could eat. So although I did not cheat on my husband, I don't know that he did or or not. I don't believe he did. And although my friendships have been deeply affected and even I no longer have some of those friendships, not perhaps solely because of the food, the, my problem with food affected every single solitary relationship I ever had from my children to my friends to my relatives to my, you know, to my marriage. It, it, and so when you read that first sentence, the chances are that we have domestic troubles. Yes, it doesn't have to be about one person cheating on another person. The way I ate affected every relationship that I had. Sneaking food when I would go to other people's houses, it was just ridiculous. And I couldn't help it because I have a disease. And so, you know, with that, I pass. I'm happy to say I am gratefully and joyously recovered today, one day, this day only. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Lou. Next up is Ken WH, followed by Risky, Risky R. Thanks, Russ. This is Ken WH, a recovery compulsive overeater from North Carolina. Um, I was not a uh, <laughs> a uh, cheater per se, uh, as the word goes, but I did have uh, an outside love affair with myself, and um, for so many years, at that I didn't have the confidence to go. <laughs> and act upon all the fantasies I had, but I sure had them. And they interfered uh, all of my uh, love of self, 
uh, interfered with my ability to relate in in a uh, really deep and loving way with my wife. Um, I, it's it's been an awesome journey, an incredibly painful one at times. We even we continued to live together uh, early on in my recovery, and yet we just acted. Uh, we lived in a platonic relationship for a year and we had been married for a while. And I think the the, the point for me has been that, that uh, I had to come to a place where the the love affair with myself had to be uh, changed and redirected into a love affair with God um, that allowed me to then be, uh, a loving and lovable person, and uh, boy, that was a <laughs> job and a half for God, I'll tell you. Uh, but today, uh, I'm I'm not who I was, and I can be that that partner to my wife that that I had always dreamed I could be, and she has been <laughs> through it all with me, and uh, we have something we never could have ever imagined and for that I'm deeply deeply uh, grateful to this recovery program thank you for letting me share Russ pass you got it brother so before Russ gets on oh yeah thank you please hi good morning okay Uh, hold on one second one second I just want to sorry Russ we're on page 80 into action Fifth paragraph. All right, you're up. Okay, thanks. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, Rivka, it's R-I-V with a, a V-K-A, um, are gratefully recovered in Baltimore. Um, so three, three lines jumped out at me. And thank you, everyone, for your shares so far. They're just wonderful, and I relate totally. And um, the three lines that jumped out at me this morning were, uh, drinking does complicate sex relations in the home. The husband begins to feel lonely, sorry for himself, and perhaps he's having a secret and exciting affair. So compulsive overeating certainly complicated sex relations. Uh, and when I'm stuffed with food and and filled with shame, there is no way that I can show up for my husband with any kind of relationship because I'm not having a relationship with him, having a relationship with food. Um, certainly can't show up with, with openness and love and caring about him. And no way could I show up um, even for life. I mean, I, I'm embarrassed to say that, that I once told my husband that chocolate chips excited me more than he does. <laughs> like, how totally crazy is that? Uh, and I certainly made a tremendously hard going of life when I was hurt and feeling lonely and sorry for myself because I was stuck in some kind of resentment, which I usually was. So thank God it's, it's not like that today. Thank God. I mean, I can have a relationship with my husband. And yesterday he, he put his arms around me and he said, I thank God for giving me such a wonderful wife. Like, this would not have happened without this program. I, I am so humbled by the miracle of being able to deeply connect and deeply love today. 
and to be a trustworthy person today? Like, my husband can trust me that I'm not blowing our budget on my binge foods. He can trust that I'm not going to shut him out because I'm in some kind of resentment. And he can trust me that the connection that I, I value most today is with him and not chocolate chips. One of my when I one of my kids when she was younger she said, "Mommy, when you're not doing your program, I don't feel safe." I'm like I was really taken aback by that. Like safe? Like she just I I, I created so much insecurity around me. So I'm I'm so grateful that I can give my family that gift of safety today, especially my husband, because he has been loyal and courageous. And so supportive of my recovery, and um, I'm just in, I'm just in awe today of uh, that I have everything that I want that I ever really wanted. You know, and I all I wanted was to be able to love Fine. him and thanks, and um, so so grateful to be to everybody to, for being here and to being in this place today. And anyway, thanks so much, and I pass. Thanks, Ruska. Next up is Joanne B. Followed by. Linda D. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm Joanne B. I'm a recovered um, compulsive overeater from Vermont. Um, it's a really honor to be able to share on this meeting. Um, yeah, I my overeating and my disease definitely interfered with with my main relationship and some of my other relationships. Um, my with my husband because I was, <clears throat> you know, I was I was dishonest and I was hiding things from him, and I was hiding and what I was hiding was the fact that I was eating, you know, uh, secretly and um, you know hiding food and in my car and I would like really have to be careful for him not to find any of the wrappers. Even though I know he kind of, he probably suspected that that's what was going on. The other thing too is like I was just basically in such a negative head headspace all the time um, during that period of time, and I would wake up with a negative, just like this cloud over me, and like here we go again, here's another day, and I just wasn't, I just really wasn't in touch with what was happening, and. Um, you know, toward the end of, of my eating, um, before I came into the program, like I started to bring other people into my my obsession and my compulsion to eat, and um, friends, like it would, you know, bringing, you know, hey, let's get, you know, whenever I get together with girlfriends for a weekend or something, it would be more about like the food, what what can we eat, um, and then I, you know, if they were, I, I would drag them into it too. Um, so it, it became like this barrier between me and, and my relationships. And today, um, uh, I've removed that and I've, um, substituted it with a relationship with, with God that I'm working on every single day. And, um, thanks with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Joanne. Next up is Linda D and then we're going to take another list. Good morning, everybody. My name is Linda D, and I live in Central Connecticut, and I'm so, so grateful to be here with you. 
I cannot do this alone. I have led, I'm 79 years old. It stuns me too. I feel much younger, but indeed I'm 79. I've lived a fantastic life. And I have been taken from the scrap heap, this is in the book, to something dazzling. And it cost, it cost a lot. It cost great chunks of my life. Um, I'm not the person I was. I love who I am now. I don't always like what she's doing or thinking, but I have a way to humble myself before God by surrendering over and over and over. I want to go into the past just for a minute, <clears throat> pardon me, to share something that I'm ashamed of, so I thought I'd air it out. Why not? Um, I was the girl who understands in that paragraph once, only once. And I, I was falling in love with a married man. And he was falling in love with me, and it was a mess. And um, I had to leave Manhattan and come back to Connecticut and left my phone number. I gave him my phone number and address in Connecticut if he was ever free. His wife found it. And she called me. I want to tell you how I told her that she was in deep trouble. Even though what I was doing was wrong, she needed to get help because she was calling me. What gall I had to do that. The poor woman was frantic and she had a five-year-old kid. That's a lot of shame. I forgive it now because I'm human. I certainly wasn't sleazy. I wasn't in a bar or anything. It was at work. That doesn't make it any better. My point is this. I think all people have done some sort of nasty business. If you haven't, wow, I'm impressed. Anyway, most of my life, I've been celibate. That's not particularly pretty either because I knew that I wasn't well enough. I'm well enough now. And you would think, well, it's kind of late. <laughs> no, it's it's not too late. There are all kinds of possibilities in this infinite universe. God is very, very real, is the core of my life, and is the reason that I have a wonderful life. And I do. I truly do. It sounds a little barren, doesn't it? Certainly God. it isn't. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Linda. So we're going to open up the line for sharing again. We are on page 80, the fifth paragraph, starting with ch the chances are that we have domestic troubles, ending with uh, uh courageous girl who has literally gone through hell for him. And if you shared in the past three to two days, please step back and allow others to share. Who would like to share? Well, I, I'm Wanda. like to share. Wanda R. Okay, okay. Hold, hold on. I got Pedro, Wanda. There was someone before uh, Pedro. Leah. Leah S. All right. Leah S. Pedro. Mary. Mary. Wanda. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. Please. 
Hold on. Mm-hmm. I got last Pedro B. Wanda R. One at a time, please. Larry Janice K. Jarrett M. from Rhode Amy. Island. Amy. Amy. So I got Janice. Ooh, Janice. Thank you. Julie M. Larry. And then um, I thought I heard Roz. And you did. Someone before Roz. Someone Amy. before Roz. W. from Rhode Island. Okay, who who is that from Rhode Island? Merritt W N E R R I T. Merritt W and then Amy G. We're gonna put last. Julie M. So, and if we have time for you, Julie, we will. Thank you. We'll add you. So, Leah, Pedro, Wanda, Janice, Larry, Merritt, Roz, Amy, and Julie. Leah, you are up. Good morning, everyone. This is Leah S. from good old Brooklyn, New York, back from vacation. Am I being heard? Yep. Oh, okay. Wonderful. This is so great. This is so great. First of all, I missed you all. And second of all, this is this paragraph relates so much in so many ways. You know, um, even if I wanted God in my life, there are some things that I really didn't want to change in my life. So I had to get spiritual and I had to and I had to understand that my personal relationships with the people that I live with and that I truly love um was affecting all about my disease. It really was. And what 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 this program is telling us is not to go back and and kill yourself up because of what you did wrong in your life or whatever, but that if such a situation comes upon you again at certain point in your life today, you're not going to eat over this thing. You're not going to behave that way. Leah, this is not the right way to do it. This is, it's not somebody telling it to me. It's by working on myself, on that fourth step. What is this bringing me? This is bringing me self-esteem. This is bringing me haughtiness. This is bringing me um, self-righteousness, you know. These are not such words. They really mean something to me. They mean something to me and my life and to definitely to those people that are around me. So, and um, wow, wow, being away for such a long time on vacation, you can do this program. And being with the people that you don't like so much and still get to doing the right thing and living right and just being in the right state and frame of mind and forget it. You know, the compliments, those are bonuses. And with that, I will pass. All right. Thank you, Lab. Next up is Pedro, followed by Wanda. Good morning, Ross. Can I be heard? Hello. Hello. Yeah, I'm Wanda. I Wanda R. Can I can I be heard? Yeah, hold on, Ross. Can you hear yeah. me? Hold, hold on. Can you hear me? So, yeah, Wanda Pedro's up before you. Okay. Can you hear me, Ross? Yes. Am I being heard? I, I heard you. I hear oh. you. 
Okay, okay thank so you. it's Pedro, Pedro uh-huh. and Wanda. Okay, Pedro and then Wanda. Okay, thank you. Yeah, my name is Pedro. I am a compulsive overeater and an, and an, and an addict. Uh, I happen to be an alcoholic also. And, uh, you know, uh, chances are that we have domestic troubles. It, yes, the fact is that I'm 66 years old, never been married, been in different relationships, and always cheated. I am a liar, a cheater, and a thief. And when it comes to food, I do exactly the same thing. Um, I'm here to report that uh, I uh, I lost my abstinence about three weeks ago. Um, I didn't eat my alcoholic food, but I did overeat, and um, and just you know I I just the disease took over. Uh, what happened to me was that I said, okay, well uh, I'm done. I um, I'm going to eat whatever I want. Whenever I want, you know, however much I want, and you know that's my spirituality as I understand it. You know this this selfishness and self-centeredness. I think it says on on page fourteen, simple but not easy. A price had to be paid. Immense destruction of self-centeredness. It's not easy to destroy selfishness and self-centeredness. But I'm grateful. You know, I am grateful because what happened to me was. Let me know when I when 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 I'm done. I don't, I'm not timing myself, Ross. Uh, what happened to me was that okay, so go ahead, go eat all you want. Stop going to meetings. Stop reading the books. Stop you know working the program of spiritual action, right? Okay. And then on Saturday night, I felt like hell from overeating, and I said, Oh no, I don't like this. I gotta get back to the program. And today I'm grateful. That that pain and the suffering open up my eyes. That you know I cannot overeat. If I overeat, I get sick. And if I eat my alcoholic foods, I get sick. And that's a fact for me. It's a fact. Today I'm convinced that I am a food addict. Yeah. Not only do I eat, I'm addicted to to alcoholic foods. I'm also addicted to non-alcoholic foods. I'm addicted to sugar, flour, and volume. And I know that today. That's why today I need to wait and measure my three meals. You know, because I, I if I don't, I, I over, my eyes are broken. But anyways, I'm grateful to be here. And I'm grateful that I can, you know, work on, on this. Uh, you know, I am really grateful that I, my sponsor, Larry Kay, taught me to be loyal in a relationship. How are you going to show up in your relationship now? And I'm so grateful that I have this girlfriend for three years and I'm loyal to her. Really grateful for that. I, you know, I've I done some improvement my life. Thank you. Thank you, Russ. Peace, everybody. Have a great weekend. I pray that we can stay afternoon today. Thank you. Thanks, Pedro. Next up is Wanda R. followed by Janice P.M. Star one, Wanda. Good morning. This is Wanda. All right, we can barely hear you, Wanda. Okay, got it. Okay. There you no, go. Good morning. Uh, yeah, this is uh, a great meeting, and I'm so glad I made it. And um, I know that uh, 
the most important thing is the abstinence and you know that changes over time i had a kidney transplant so i actually um you know had to have like a very big change in my diet and uh you know so i know that thank you for all the comments to the great and uh you know i know that um you know uh that um, my situation changed. I got married to a wonderful man, and um, you know uh, we eat differently. But um, you know uh, I have a sponsor, and uh, talk to them about um, you know my food plan. I still weigh a measure, and. Um, you know, I feel that that's really important for that. I pray to God. You know, I ask God for strength. And uh, God directed me to this meeting uh, this morning. I mean, like, just, like, get there, you know. And um, I tried to finish all my prayers um, beforehand, but I fell asleep. But I'm just, you know, I know that, uh, you know, the strength comes from God. And that, um, you know, uh, lookalikes are, uh, you know, off limits, you know. So, um, you know, I have to pray, you know, uh, all about um, accepting, you know, my reality and uh, enjoy the food that God gave me to eat and um, appreciate, you know, uh, other things in life that are uh, workable and enjoyable. And uh, so I appreciate all of you, and I hope everybody has a great day. And, um, you know, uh, I hope, uh, I hope, thank you, Larry, for, I think it's Larry Cherry. So uh, thank you. But then I pass. Thank you. All right, thanks, Wanda. I wish I was Larry, man. I wish I was. <laughs> All right, next up is Janice Piam, followed by oh, Larry K. You can be Russ, and Larry can be Larry, both of you. This is Janice P.M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater living in Massachusetts, Celtics Town. Um, hello. Now, this, this is a, a paragraph. We look at it and we think, oh, sex and this. And, but, you know, I'm going to, because I'm going to be sharing, I'm not going to give you my fourth step. I'm going to generally share my experience. And to me, after, um, you know, going through the steps and being in the program a long time, I really see that what's it, what they're talking about is relationships. Yeah, they talk about sex, but in the, those days, you know, that's what it is. It's all about relationships. You know, um, I thought putting down the food was the hardest thing in my life. But, you know, and I had a lot of pain with it, it well, as we all do. But putting down relationships and changing and seeing and being aware of who I really was as a woman, and a wife and a mother, not only just my husband, it would be my son also. And, you know, 
um, I would be always comparing. It's all about my defects anyway that I found out that ruined my relationship. However, my husband was one of those they're talking about being so loyal and courageous. You know, it works for women too. Women can do these things that he literally went through hell with me. He wouldn't know when he came home how he would find me. Uh, I was like a tornado. He would come in and I'd be disturbed. Uh, Maybe I wasn't having enough time for myself. And, you know, he would say, and I would say to him and greet him and say, oh, you're home? And he would remark and say, well, yes, I live here. You know, it was just my relationship interfered with all my relationship with my home, with my husband, the closest one that I live with. I was controlling. I was either demanding from them or I was domineering them. I was dominating them. And, you know, that's no way to live because a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble in relationships. And I also had a lot of fear. And I'll tell you one thing. I was afraid of pregnancy. Because when I got married, you know, I got pregnant after four months of marriage. And, you know, that that's being very, I could find out, well, I'm not going to have any more children. That's, you know, I was too selfish, too self-centered, too inconsiderate of my husband's feelings and what he wanted to do. You know, I would be jealous of other people's uh, husbands and, oh, they would, you know, fix light bulbs and do this where my husband would couldn't do that stuff. He just didn't. However, the marriage did last until he died Five. after 56. Thank you. Thank you. So Russ. after 56 ma- of years of marriage because of the change, because of the miracle, this can happen. You don't think it can. But let me just tell you, hope. It will happen if we can if we go through these steps. And uh, I'm a different woman today. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Janice. Next up is Larry, followed by Merritt. And I think we might be cutting it close, but I'll try to get everybody in. Hey, Russ, good morning. <laughs> it's Larry K. Nobody was looking for me. It makes me laugh if I hear my name. Nobody was looking for I Boy, they were they were running for the hills, Russ, for me. That's for sure. And uh, maybe some people still are. I don't know. But I'm, I'm Larry K. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. I'm, oh, my gosh, where am I? I'm in Juneau, Alaska. Oh, the places this program will take you, places we get to meet, people we get to meet. Really extraordinary. It's early here too. It's three forty-six in the morning. But here's the thing that I that I want to share. Um, I'll be brief. Is um, you know, my relationships are diff- are different today. My my relationships are different. They're not perfect, but they are different today because God changed me through. And you know what I want to say is that action is inseparable from perception. You know, in fact, um, you know, it occurs to me that perceptions are perceptive lens and action are so tightly coupled, you know, that they determine and they define each other. And that's the thing that I, I hear, you know, even when we talk about step nine and we talk about making these amends and some sort of transformation and, oh, my gosh, all the time that I wanted my perceptions to change first. 
that's what I really wanted. I wanted my perceptions about relationships, let's say, to change first. Then I will be more primed to take action. And that's just not the way God was going to, this deal was going to go for me, right? Because um, with a spiritual awakening, you know, maybe mine is going to be different from yours. But it takes a, I think God knew, it takes a customized sort of phenomenon, the spiritual transformation to sort of tease apart the differences in how our brains are going to settle on their unique perceptions. But we're not going to see the perceptions change. We, or rather, we only see them change through the implementation of these steps. And we hear it again and again and again. And step nine is one of the things here. And, and, they, and I thought that my perceptions would change about relationships and you and everyone else sort of incrementally and it would, it would happen, you know, perfectly. And no, it doesn't happen perfectly. But what I can tell you today is I can't, oh, my gosh, I can't have a relationship today. I can have an intimate relationship. I can have relationships with other people. I can have friendships today. Who knew this was even possible? But the perceptive lens changes once we take the actions first. It's so counterintuitive. Yet I can assure you that's what the book, nothing that I'm saying is at odds with what we're studying, with what this book says. So very grateful. Let me end it there. Thanks, Russ, for your service. Much appreciated. With that, I pass. Thanks, brother. All right. Next up is Merritt W., followed by Roz G. And I think that's probably going to be it. Merritt, you're up. Star one, please. Hi. Hi, I'm Merritt, compulsive overeater. Um, I uh, I used to read this paragraph and just breeze through it and be like, yeah, 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 this has nothing to do with me. Um, but in reading it today, I was really astounded that it has everything to do with me. Um, I basically cheated on all my partners with food. Um, I never sought another compa- physical person companion, but I was thinking food as a companion you know, anytime I would have a secret or or if I had secrets bubbling in my head, I would turn to the food instead of turning to my partner who I should have talked to them about. Um, anytime I felt emotions, whether even if it was love or anger or fear, any type of emotion, I would go to my to the food instead of going to my partner. Um, Anytime I wanted physical comfort, I would turn to the food. Um, Anytime I needed love, I would turn to the food. Anytime I needed connection of any type, you know, I once again, I would turn to the food or needing entertainment or needing soothing or um, nurturing, I would turn to the food. You know, everything I should have turned to my partner for, I ended up turning to the food. And um, even when I was present with my partner, um, I wasn't there mentally. I was thinking of food. Um, When we were eating meals together, I was thinking about when am I going to be able to eat more food? When is he going to go to sleep so I can binge? Um, When is this going to end so I can eat the food I really want to eat? You know, I, I remember specifically even times when we were having sex that I was thinking specifically of 
can't wait till this is over so I can go into the kitchen and eat all the dried fruit that that my partner just bought. Um, and I remember that happening a, a, a few times. Um, I mean, it, it, it was exactly like, you know, I was cheating on my partner with another another person. I mean, I would come home hours late from work, hours, and lying about where I was, or I would come home late hours after going out with friends because I, I had to go binge, um, always lying about where I was, um, where I came from. You know, I was un- I had so much shame and guilt about the food and the eating. I just I just couldn't be honest about it. Um, lying was such a habit. I lied about things I didn't need to. I would just start telling white lies about anything. And um, and that's how it is with the uh, time you said? Yep. Okay, thank you. Um, all right, I will I will stop there. Thank you. All right, thanks a lot. Next up is Roz G, and I think we have about two minutes, Roz, for you. Julie, I'm sorry. You're going to have to wait till the next meeting. I apologize. Okay, Roz, thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's Roz G from Palmdale, California, recovered compulsive overeater. I don't have um, um, anything really much different to say. Everybody, uh, you know, speaks my truth um, in their shares. I my the big book says that selfishness and self-centeredness are the root of my disease and in my marriage and my subsequent relationships all I thought of was what was I going to get out of the situation and I would I have lived both sides of this coin I was the cheating wife I was the wife that was cheated on. What can I do to get pleasure from someone else? What was going wrong in my marriage that I sought pleasure from someone else? Why didn't I look to see what I could do to make my marriage improve? That didn't occur to me. The only thing that occurred to me was what am I going to get out of any situation possible. I was the cheater, I was a liar, and my husband was too. So I know what it's like to, to be on both sides of it. And it was all it all came from that root of selfishness to see what I was going to get out of it. And it wasn't until I worked these steps to, to see what am I doing to, for somebody else? How am I how are my actions making someone else happy? Am I keeping someone else's happiness uppermost in mind today? Yes. I'm not in a relationship today, although I am um I'm putting myself in a position to be in one, but I am a much different woman today. I'm thinking of others' happiness. Of course I'm thinking of myself, but it is in such a different way. I want to be, you know, an, a, a god all right. I want to be a good mate. Thank you and I pass. Thanks, Roz. Uh, Julie, we're just going to have you, if you could jump on the next meeting. So uh, thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second hour study immediately following closing. And today's share ID for Friday, 
May 12, 2023, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, meaning 20,253. That's 20253. I asked Anne Marie M to read. Uh, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Russ. This is Anne Marie M in South Carolina. Uh, Recovered compulsive eater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of the past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.